0: 888
1: 8, 8, 8, 8, This is Learning with Leslie. Woo! Uh-huh, yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited. Welcome to another episode of Learning with Leslie. I am your host, Leslie Samuel from learningwithleslie.com. And if you, can't, if you can't already tell, I'm very excited today for a number of reasons. I'm not going to tell you why as yet. You will find out in a little bit. But in today's podcast, this is episode 10, isn't it? Oh, I like it. In today's episode, I am going to give two announcements that are closely related. And then John has called in and he has some questions. He has two questions, one about... Outsourcing wordpress theme development. And the other has to do with the biology videos that I post on a regular basis, how I'm able to do that. And then I'm going to talk a little about social media, which is quite a hot topic these days. There's a lot going on in social media, in the social media circles, sites like Facebook and Twitter and YouTube and all the other tubes. And I am just going to be talking a little bit about... All that stuff today. And the title of this episode is How to Crush It in a Thank You Economy. How to Crush It in a Thank You Economy. And you will see exactly what I mean in a little while. So, I have some announcements. Announcement number one, drum roll, please. Oh man, I shouldn't hit my laptop like that. Uh, announcement is: Learning with Leslie is now finally officially in the iTunes podcast directory. Yay! woo hoo! We're excited. We're excited. You guys are rejoicing on the other end of the uh, radio or iPhone or iPod or whatever you're listening to this on. Um, It's in the iTunes directory. And you can just go there and search for Learning with Leslie. Wow, I don't even know my name. Learning with Leslie. And you will find the podcast and you can subscribe to it there. Another way you can get to it is I made it really simple. If you just go to your uh um your browser and you type in LeslieonITunes.com, that's L-E-S-L-I-E on iTunes.com, it will redirect you to the Learning with Leslie podcast page on iTunes and you'll be able to subscribe. From there, that will make it easier for you to subscribe. So go ahead and subscribe. Uh, so that's that's the first one. Um, the second one has to do with the podcast. Also, I'm I'm just excited, and the reason I'm excited is because even though it was not in the directory, I was still getting a good amount of people. I'm still getting a good amount of people checking out the podcast and downloading the podcast. We get a few hundred people downloading every episode that I've uploaded um, so far. So I want to thank you guys um, because that makes me excited. A few hundred people listening to every episode and that's just awesome. Uh, We have people here, the top top 10 countries, Uh, people from the United States, of course, the United Kingdom, Canada, France, Poland, Poland, Australia, Netherlands. uh, And that gets me excited because... In case you didn't know, I am Dutch. That's my nationality. That I went to school in Dutch for most of my life, and now I'm in America. But anyhow, uh, Netherlands, the Philippines, China, Luxembourg, that, those are the top 10 out of 53 countries that people are listening to Learning with Leslie from. So that's exciting stuff. Now that it's in the iTunes podcast directory, it's much easier for you to subscribe. Now, this is what I want you to do for me. If you have an opinion about this podcast, and you should have an opinion, everybody needs to have an opinion. It might be a good one. It might be a bad one. I want you to go over to the iTunes um, directory, or you can just go to Learning uh, sorry, Leslie on itunes.com, and that will take you there. And what I want you to do is leave a review. rate the podcast, rate it whether you, you think it deserves one star or five stars, hopefully closer to five stars, um, go ahead and rate it and then leave your opinions on there because I want to read them. I want people to be able to see what you guys think about the podcast. If you're getting value from it, let the world know. Why not? That's going to help me out a little bit. I hope you've you've been finding value in what I've been doing, and I'm going to continue trying to deliver value to you. So go ahead over there and uh, subscribe, of course. But don't only subscribe, I want you to subscribe, I want you to review it, rate it, whatever you need to do to let people know what you think about this podcast. Can you do that for me? Okay, I just heard you say yes, so I'm going to assume that you are going to do that. Thank you so much. Anyhow, we have two questions from John, and I just want to emphasize... Um, one more time, that if you have a question about internet marketing, about blogging, about anything related to that, um, you can call in the hotline and leave that question. The number is... Oh, wait, I, I need to unmute the number. <laughs> the number is...
0: 888
1: right, get that stuck in your memory... And go ahead and call. If you're by your cell phone right now, you want to call in and ask a question, go ahead and do that. I'll be happy to answer your question on this podcast. So John called in. John is from AskJohnEnglish.com. I think that's the URL if I understood him correctly. And he has a question. He has two questions, so I'm going to take both of them. Let's go with the first question right now. Hey
0: Leslie, this is uh, John from AskJohnEnglish.com. I just have a question about uh, getting WordPress themes specifically. Um, I want to take your advice and I want to use eDesk to get someone to build a theme for me because I've looked at the premium themes and uh, basically there's not one that actually suits the needs of uh, my website. But the question I have is, I, I know that your theme can affect your site loading speed, it can affect your um, your uh, ranking with Google and, and other search engines, um, and also when WordPress itself is, is also updated, your theme um, can become out of date. And so I just wondered if you have any tips on how to choose a good coder, um, particularly in relation to WordPress themes, what sort of uh, ways you can determine that that they'll be able to be good, particularly with those areas. So making sure that it's um, search engine friendly, making sure that it's going to be quick to load um, and and coded well, uh, and also um, how you deal with um, upgrades and things like that.
1: Excellent question, John. Thank you for calling in and asking that question. Um, So John is wondering about outsourcing his WordPress theme development, he said he looked around and he didn't see any premium themes that he liked. So he wants to get someone to uh, design the theme and code it and, so that he can use that newly designed theme, most likely customized to exactly what he wants it to to be so that it can um, be a good uh, it can complement what he's trying to do very well. And, you know, that's always a good thing to do. But this is what, this is what I would recommend. John, you say that um, you haven't found a theme out there, a premium theme out there that uh, that you like or that works well for what you're trying to do. There are a few themes out there that uh, are very easy to customize, and what I would do is I would still go with a WordPress theme, and there are two themes in particular that I really like when it comes to customization. Um, with Woo themes, they have a theme that's called Canvas, and the reason they call it Canvas is because it's kind of like a blank canvas. If you go to the site and you check out the theme, it's very plain it It almost looked just like a plain white website. However, it is very customizable. And you can, get, you can get someone to customize that theme and still have the benefits of a premium theme. Now, the reason why I personally recommend premium themes, and some people might disagree with me, is um, they have a lot of features that I find come in very handy. Number one, they're well done, at least the ones that I have used. They're very well done. Um, they're very light. And by light, I mean it doesn't take a lot to run them, so your website loads faster, and so on. They have a bunch of features, especially when it comes to SEO. I have uh, Woo themes installed on my blogs, so I don't need to install an SEO plugin. I don't need to worry about that kind of stuff because that's all built into the premium theme that I have, and that's a great benefit of the um, the premium themes that I recommend. Now, yes, you can get someone to code a website, a theme for you from scratch, but generally what I find is you might get a decent-looking website, but it's not as optimized as if you went with a, a premium theme. So I would start with a blank slate like Canvas, or another one that a lot of marketers use because of how customizable it is would be the Thesis Theme from DIY Themes. And I'm going to link to them in the show notes, and you can check those out. But those are two great themes that are kind of like a blank slate. And what you can do, like I said, is get someone to customize it. Now, how I've done it for my blog, I went with the fresh news theme from WooThemes, and uh, I liked kind of the layout of the theme, but I didn't like the header, and I didn't like some of the features in the sidebar. So what I did is I, uh, I went on ODesk, and I got some... No, actually, at that time, it wasn't ODesk. I think I went on script lance. I don't use that site anymore, but I use ODesk. You can do the same thing with ODesk. And even better, I went on ODesk, and I found someone to, to design a custom header for me and to design um, some sidebar elements for me that I wanted. And I got them to do that, and that was relatively inexpensive because they're not building a theme from scratch. So I had the framework of the premium theme and then I just customized the elements that I wanted. And now uh, in terms of tips as to how to go about um, choosing someone to do that, this is what I usually do. I decide exactly what I want. I write it down and I try to be as detailed as possible. When I um, post the job, I ask them to respond in a specific way and I ask them for samples of work that they have done that's relevant to what I'm asking them to do. So if you're asking someone to customize a WordPress theme for you, you ask them to send you samples of themes that they've customized in the past. And when you get that, pay attention to those things. Look at their portfolio. See what types of work they've done. Do you like what they did? Uh, Does it turn you off. Uh, If it does, then you probably don't want to go with that coder. But if you find one, uh, that designer, if you find one that really does good work and you love what they do, man, just go ahead and hire that person or give them a test job to do a small part of the job and see how that goes and you can build from there. So once again, my recommendation, start with a premium theme, modify it, Um, and ask them to do the specific things that you want them to do to that theme. Uh, Make sure to be as specific as possible. Ask them for a portfolio of things that are related to the thing you want them to do. Check it out, and then choose somebody. When you choose them, be in constant communication. If you can talk to them via Skype, that would be a good thing. And just let them know exactly what you're looking for. The more instructions you give them, the better. I hope that helps. I hope that answers your que- your first question. Now let's go on to your second question.
0: Um, I also have another question. I know that you're a teacher like I am, and I'm just curious to know because I noticed a lot of your recordings on your biology site seem to come from your class. Um, how do you how do you do that? Because I mean, I'm in Australia, and here, if I was to record a class, um, I wouldn't be able to get away with it legally. I'd have to get everyone in the rooms' permission, um, the school's permission, and and Basically, that would never happen. So, very curious how you're doing that, because um, like what I've seen, what you're doing. Anyway, thanks, Leslie. Love the podcast and um, all your tips. Thanks. Bye.
1: Another excellent question, John. Um, that that is a question that I had when I first started my biology website because I wanted to make sure that I'm not putting stuff out there that's gonna get me in trouble. Okay, I wanted to do it legitimately and um, it now my situation might be a little different than your situation. I work for a private school, and when I was starting my website, I went to the administrator of the school, one of the administrators, and I ran it by them, and I told them what I wanted to do. I wanted to make the lectures available online so that the students could have access to it because that's really how it started. It was more for the students than for the rest of the world. So, I asked him if, you know, that would be okay to do, if, you know, I'd need to get permission or anything of that sort, and what he told me was that when the students come to the school, they have them sign uh, uh or they have their parents sign something saying that uh, they they're, they it's okay for them to be recorded, it's okay for them to have pictures taken and so on. And for those to be used by the school for whatever purposes they see fit, uh, and I don't know all the details of that arrangement, um, but it was when i when I ran it by the administrator, they said it's fine, um and that's something that can help them out, so I got permission from them to do that, and it was not as much of a big deal as if you're working for a public institution or something of that sort. So there might be different... I'm, I'm, I'm not giving legal advice here whatsoever. I am not a lawyer. Cons- and, and the disclaimer is consult your, your lawyer or whoever it is takes care of that type of information with you uh, or for you. Um, but it might be much harder for you to do that, and it's possible that you might not be able to do that. I don't know how it would work out. Um, If it's something you're interested in doing, I would encourage you to do like I did and speak with an administrator, a principal or something of that sort and see if it's a possibility, see if it's something that you'd be allowed to do. Now, one of the good things about how I do it that makes me more comfortable with it is that it's audio, it's not video, and for the most part, you're just hearing me. So you're not hearing, you're not getting any personal details from the students, or anything of that sort, and I'd be uncomfortable um, doing that. Yes, you might hear a first name here and there, um, but how many bills are there out there? How many Susies are are there out there? So it's not necessarily that they're getting a lot of personal information that's exposed. So that's really how I've dealt with it. Now, with that biology site, Uh, that is not the main focus of the biology site because the main focus right now is what I do on a daily basis, um, making videos and putting them up and I record those videos in my studio and then I put them up there and out there for the world to see and for the world to learn from. So, uh, you know, I I guess it varies depending on your situation, but that's how I've been able to do it. I hope you guys got some value from that. Now let's get to the topic for... um, this podcast. I said that the, the title of this episode is How to Crush It in a Thank You Economy. And I like that title because it takes uh, two of my favorite books from one of my favorite authors, Gary Vaynerchuk. He wrote the first book that was called Crush It and a second book that's called The Thank You Economy. And these are books that have influenced me significantly. I'm going to say this from the beginning. If you haven't read Crush It!, go and get it. Go to Amazon or go to Audible. What I do, and this might surprise you, but I have the audiobook on my iPhone, and I listen to that book almost every week because it gives me the motivation and the inspiration that I need to do what I need to do. Now, before we get into the specifics of Crush It! and Thank You! Economy, let's talk about something that happened a few weeks ago. And this is something that I like to call the Google Pimp Slap. <laughs> and, and what happened is a few weeks ago, Google announced uh, on its blog that it was making a significant change to their algorithm. And I, I think I mentioned this in the previous episode, but the Google alg- there's a, a, an algorithm that Google uses to determine how it's going to rank sites. And the problem that people were running into was that they do a search in Google And the top sites would be a bunch of um, spam sites or content farms where there's just a bunch of poor-quality articles with the goal of selling an affiliate product. And you know, people were starting to complain about that, that Google is not being as effective as it can be. And Google knew that it needed to make a change. And I think it was a good change for them to make. But what ended up happening was with the change that Google made a lot of sites that had really high rankings in the search engines, some of them just disappeared. They no longer existed in Google. You do a search and you you don't even find the site because um, Google basically pimp slapped (laughs) that site. Uh, Sorry for saying it that way, but that's the way it seems. Now, there's one thing I've come to learn as I get into internet marketing, and that one thing is that Google really has a lot of power and if Google decides to change its mind about how it does things relating to your site, if your sole um, mechanism for getting traffic was SEO, your business can disappear overnight. If that's how you are getting all your traffic from the search engines, from people searching for topics related to your niche and your site showing up in the search engine results, if they decide to change how it lists your site, that can affect you very significantly. And when I saw this, and there's some people that I know personally that have been affected by this, when I saw this, the, the take-home message that I got was that if you want your, to have a business that will grow and withstand any changes, you have to build an excellent business. I mean a high-quality business. You have to have something out there that helps people solve problems, that gives a lot of information that people can take and implement in their lives and something that affects them in a positive way, something that helps them accomplish their goals. Now, there's a quote that I read in Crush It!, That said, you know, a lot of people are bothered about the economy and you don't want to risk uh, starting a business now because the economy is bad. And a statement that was very powerful to me that Gary said in, or he wrote in the book Crush It, was that it's never a bad time to start a business unless you're starting a mediocre business. And that's just a powerful statement because if you think about it, a lot of the most powerful companies that we have were formed in terrible economic times when there were a lot of economic crises and um, just the things were rough. But those companies, because they were good companies and they were awesome businesses, this stood the test of time and they're still here to- today. All right, so if you're going to be starting a great business, You've got to build something that has that can take on a life of its own. Yes, SEO, I'm not disregarding SEO. SEO is very important. And SEO is how I get a lot of my traffic today to my um biology site, to the freebie guy. I try to rank in the search engines for certain terms so that I can get free organic traffic. It's a it's a good thing to have. But there are also other things. That, that that can help you to get traffic in a way that you're not solely dependent on one source. If you are 100% dependent on Google and something happens with Google, you can lose a significant amount of your business. Now, how do you do that? How do you set up your business so that you're not just dependent on SEO? I'm going to go back to what I said before. You have to build a great business. You have to do something awesome and it's it's so awesome that when people come and they see that website they have to share it with the world. They come to that site and they say, "Wow, this is great content. My friends need to know about this. My family needs to know about this. I'm going to tweet about this. I'm going to post about it on Facebook. Share the link on Facebook. I'm going to do whatever I need to know so that do whatever I need to do so that the people around me can benefit from what I'm benefiting right now. Now, Crush It. (laughs) Let's talk a little bit about Crush It. Uh, Crush It is a book where Gary kind of tells his story of how he got started in social media. Now, social media is one of those tools that can be powerful. It can be abused, but it can also be powerful. And he tells his story about how he started working in his his dad's um, wine shop as a kid. And, um, you know, I'm not... Debating whether that is a smart decision or not—that's um, a topic for a different type of podcast. Um, but in 2006, he saw that online video was the wave of the future, and that people would be all over online video. So he started, He decided to start a, a, a wine li- So what he calls the Wine Library TV, aka the Thunder Show, where he would he made a video blog that was dedicated to wine. And every day what he'd do from Monday to Thursday is he'd make a short video and he'd review a wine. He'd talk about a wine. He'd taste the wine. He'd um, swirl the wine around in his mouth and he'd tell you exactly what he thought about it. And and he kind of grew kind of as an expert, an authority in the wine niche. Okay, a wine niche, that's kind of a broad term. But he he, he became very much um, established as someone that knew what he was talking about, someone that was real, someone that offered quality information to the people that were looking for information on these different types of wines. Now, I, I don't want to give all the details of the book, but let's just say this. From what he was doing, he grew... The, the, the website to where he had 90,000 people checking it out, um, 90,000 subscribers, 100,000 subscribers, and now it's even much more than that. All these people just checking out what he's doing. They're so excited. Um, they, they grow to trust him as the authority in, when, when it comes to wine, and they follow what he do. They take his recommendations, and he grew his business in a ridiculous way, in a short period of time. Now, man, I can't give away too much of the book, but get it, buy it, read it. Um, get the audio, audiobook from Audible. I'll have a link there. Even if you don't use my link, I don't care. Just get it and read it. What it does is it emphasizes the value of social media, making good content, and then working your butt off to build the best of business ever. And what impressed me about what he did is, okay, he'd spend about an hour or so, an hour or two uh, making the video, uploading the video, putting it to his blog, and so on. And what was the amazing part was what came after that. And this is a bit extreme. I'll be the first to admit it's a bit extreme. If he spent an hour or two coming up with the content for his blog, he would spend the next six to eight, sometimes even more, hours in the internet wine trenches, networking with others, helping others, answering questions, and giving value to the people in those online communities. So he'd put the good content out there, and then he'd go out there, and he would network with people and help people And just be out there as someone that wanted to help people um, when it comes to wine. All right? So the hard part was not necessarily the putting together the content, but it was what came afterwards. The hard work, uh, putting in the effort, coming back from, coming home from work and spending hours on the internet and um, uh, doing the different things that needed to be done in his business. Like I said, I think it was a bit extreme. However, when you look at how quickly he grow he grew his business, it makes sense because of the effort that he put in to not just build an average business but to build a business that was going to blow the world away and it really did um, so, and 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 basically what he 's doing is he's talking about what he did in um, in oh, basically over his entire life. He gives his life story and show how. He used social media to grow his grow his business and how it just spread and continued spreading. And now he's this big social media, quote unquote, guru. I don't like to call people that. But that's what he has been establishing his, himself as and he's done a great job with that. Now, I told you that I, I listened to that book. Uh, almost every week, um, at least every two weeks, definitely, uh, some, sometimes I listen to it more than once a week. But when I listened to that book the first time, the audiobook, that is when I decided that I needed to do something with online video, I needed to do something with social media, and I needed to do things regularly and make sure that when i 'm growing my business and specifically my my biology blog. When I'm growing that, I wanted that to be the best it could be. And I wanted to put in the work to grow an awesome business. So my encouragement to you would be put in the work, make the good content, get in the trenches, get your 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 hands dirty and, and get out there, network, connect, and all that good stuff. So that's crush it. And I encourage you to go out there and crush it in whatever um, niche you're doing and what, whatever you're doing with your blogging efforts or anything of that sort. And then, uh, let's see, two weeks ago, he released his second book called The Thank You Economy. Oh, what can I say about that book? Let me get the book right here. Um, sorry, I have my keys and I'm making all kinds of weird sounds and that's not professional for my podcast, but it's all right. Uh, I'm just um, sharing some stuff with you. I want to read a few things um, from the summary part of his book that just kind of, man, if I think everyone that's into business should get this book, whether it's online business or offline business, if everyone a Uh, abided by the principles in this book, this world would be a much better place. Let me read a few statements. Number one, care. That's how it starts. That's how the chapter starts. Care about your customers, about your employees, about your brand, with everything you've got. You don't hear a lot about that in business anymore. It's all about making money. It's all about how, how much money can I make today and then how can I double it tomorrow. First statement is care about your customers, about your employees, about your brand with everything you've got. Number two, erase any lines in the sand. Don't be afraid of what's new or unfamiliar. Number three, show up first to market whenever possible, early, early the rest of the time. I'm going to skip here and and read a few other points. Speak your customer's language. It makes sense. It's really simple. Allow your customers to help you shape your brand or business, but never allow them to dictate the direction in which you take it. Build a sense of community around your brand. Let's see, what else? Uh, Approach social media incentives with good intent, aiming for quality engagements, not quantity. If I have 10 people listening to this podcast that are extremely engaged in everything that I'm saying, they're interacting with, with me by calling in, leaving comments, asking questions, and all that kind of stuff, that is much more valuable valuable than if I have 100 people that just kind of listen to it half-heartedly. Those 10 that are really engaged, that is much more powerful than anything else. Okay, use shock and awe to blow your customer's mind and get them talking. If you're small, play like you're big. If you're big, play like you're small. Create a sense of community around your business or your brand. And the last point, don't be afraid to crawl before you run. And what he does in this book is he gives a number of examples of people and companies that have applied these principles that cared about their customers. And when I say when we talk about customers if you're if you have a website, I'm talking specifically about your website visitors. Care about those people. You want to help them. You want to give them the best experience they can have and whatever that means. For me, With my biology website, I want people to learn. I want people to find value. I want people to go to a class, listen to a professor, and it's as if the professor is speaking gibberish. Or gibberish. (laughs) What's gibberish? Gibberish. The professor is speaking gibberish. Then they come home in frustration. They do a search for one of the topics that the professor talked about, and they see this video. They come to the video. They spend five minutes watching the video, and they say to themselves, Oh, that's what the professor was trying to say. Now I get it. And you know what? Since I've been doing this, I'm getting more. I mean, every day I'm getting an email from someone that's saying, man, I could not understand this for anything. And I come to your website and I spend a few minutes watching a video. And now I understand it. Thank you so much. That is is what it takes to build a great business. I want people to listen to these podcasts and not just say, hey, wow, Leslie, he he knows what he's talking about. But I want someone to listen to these podcasts um, in a a terrible situation in terms of uh, they're they're having hard times at home financially, Um, they need to pay the bills, but they listened to something that I said and they decided to take action and they put the things into practice and they started growing a business and then they come back a few months later and said, hey, Leslie, thank you so much. Because of your podcast, I was able to do X, Y, and Z. Thank you for changing my life. And that is the way we need to approach um, business today. Does that make sense to you? Because it makes a lot of sense to me. What do you get when you do something like that? When you do something like that, you get people coming to your website that are engaged. When they're engaged and they get value, they want to share that value with others. They tweet about it on Twitter. They they share your links on Facebook. Anytime they see you come out with something, they tell the people that they're working with, hey, you need to check out this website. They're in, in school and they tell their classmates that they need to check this out because they're going to get value. And you get a viral word-of-mouth type of situation. And then Google can't stop you. <laughs> and I say Google, and I'm. it seems as if I'm picking on Google. And I'm not picking on Google. They're, they're doing a good job at what they're doing. They're good. Um, but you want more than something that is dependent on one company. And you get that by building an awesome business, a business that can change lives, that can impact people in this thank you economy, you want to crush it. How's that sound? hope it sounds good to you. There was one more thing I wanted to say, but I can't even remember what it is. Um, you, you know, oh, this, this is what it has to do with. When I picked up the book Thank You Economy, I was really interested in seeing, I knew he was going to talk a lot about social media, So I was interested in seeing how he can talk about social, how he he can come up with a book about something that is changing so quickly. I mean, (laughs) I don't know if you guys remember this. It wasn't that long ago, but um, there was High Five. I remember High Five was a big thing. And when I was doing my master's, I, I spent the summer in Germany. And High Five was my social networking site. It was how I was connecting with people all over the world, people at home, people in the U.S., people in Europe, people all over. And High Five was the big thing. And then... Uh, everybody was telling me, hey, you need to get on MySpace. And I'm like, ah, I don't want to learn anything new. Uh, I'm already on High Five. But eventually, I came over to MySpace. And then they say, hey, come on, MySpace is dead. <laughs> you got to get on Facebook. And I'm like, oh, you got to be kidding me. And I resisted it. I did not want to go on Facebook. Eventually, I went on Facebook. Same thing with Twitter. And now I'm on Twitter. I don't check MySpace ever. High Five. I don't even know if it still exists. So these things are constantly changing How are you going to make a book about something that is constantly changing and still make it impactful and still make it relevant five years from now, 10 years from now? And in my opinion, Gary did it with this book because he did not specifically, the purpose of the book was not how you can use Facebook and Twitter well it was dealing with the principle of the thank you economy and of providing value and of providing so much value that people are going to thank you. People are going to want to share what you're doing and all that good stuff. Really? I, I, I think that's it. You know, I don't really have much more to say. Um, that's, that, that, that covers it, man. Go out there and build a massive business. Don't Don't settle for mediocrity. This is not the time for mediocre businesses. We have so many of them. Put your all into it. Put your heart into it. Get into the trenches. Do the work that needs to be done. I know some of you have full-time jobs. I do too. And it's a struggle to balance it all. But it's worth it. It's worth it to put something out there that is going to change the world. I want to know what you think about this episode because this is something that really, I'm passionate about it. And I want as many people to listen to this podcast as possible, to get value from it, and to go out there and change the world. So this is Leslie Samuel from learningwithleslie.com. Let me know what you think. Call in the hotline. Subscribe in iTunes, Leslie on iTunes.com, L E S L I E on iTunes.com. Leave a comment there, leave a review, um, rate it, give it five stars or three stars or one stars, but just be real about what you're doing. Once again, call in and leave your questions, your suggestions, your comments. That number is 88834.
0: Eight, eight, Two, four,
1: one, four. I'm going to play it again because, as usual, I do it soft in the beginning and forget to bring it up. Here we go. That's it for this episode, and I'll see you in the next one.